Hello, everyone. You're listening to Balred Radio. My name is Matt West, and tonight I'm joined by my good friend Taylor, the comic book mogul himself. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing all right, man. I appreciate the nickname that you got going on, the comic book mogul, who I feel so prestigious. Yeah, write that down, little piece of paper, and then, like, you know, crumple up into a tiny ball by locket, and then put that compliment on that locket and wear it around your neck, you know? That just reminds me of, like, Princess Diaries, like, Catch a falling star and put uh, I've never it seen it before. I don't Come know. On. What is wrong? See, you don't see anything that I watch. It's like you want me to look bad and just think that I'm the only one that watches these things when there are people out there that support what I do. I mean, everybody supports what you do. I just, I don't know, like the only, I just watch certain things. I know what I like now. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, I see it like uh, three seconds of something. I'm like, okay, I like that. I want to see that. By the way, I hope that you let our listeners know that about an hour and 15 minutes of this podcast is going to be dedicated to Nick Foles. I hope that everybody is prepared because this is only a Nick Foles night. Yeah, the, the Church of Foles. And also, if you're listening right now, just go ahead and hit that subscribe button. It's not that hard. Uh, you'll, we'll be back on next Tuesday as well to talk about, a little bit about the Texans and these games as well. So hit that subscribe button. Do yourself a favor. Give yourself an, an early New Year's resolution. Hit that subscribe button. Oh, you already completed one. It's going to make the rest of your list so much easier to get through. My New Year's resolution is to subscribe to the Taylor and Matthew podcast. And you just do that over and over and over again. <laughs> That's all you do for your New Year's. Oh, and by the way, speaking of your Texans talk, yeah, I don't know why they even allow you to talk about Texans because you're not heartbroken considering you picked against them last week and you're coming in just saying, oh, I'm sad. You you didn't even have any confidence. So I don't want to hear you're depressed and when you're, you you picked against them. And I, I'm just right every time about them. So that's what you're games. proud of. That's I'm what not you're proud of. Being right, right at all. It's just like, I know how this team works. It's I said this season for me, like week six happened and I was like, as I watching a movie, I think I've said this like 17 times already, but it's like you watch a movie in 15 minutes and you're like, oh, I know it's going to happen. I got it. And then you just like sit back and enjoy the rest. But he says to Sean Watson, he's really good. Uh, they're going to be good next year, probably. Except I don't think the Colts are going to lose again is the one problem. Because they have $100 million <laughs> oh in cap God. space next year and like three second round picks. So I don't know. I don't know. But it's just like when you have a bad secondary, it's can, it was Maskin's teams that couldn't run the ball by the way though i will say you were dead wrong about something there mr genius um mr hey uh the texans they'll just keep stopping the run over and over again i hope the colts run the ball 15 times because they won't be able to gain a yard blah 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 mac ran all over him, man yeah he had, what the he had, hell was he that 140 rushing yards i yeah. was really surprised by what? 25 what do you carry 25 times yeah, between five, twenty-eight, ridiculous. Like that. It doesn't really matter. The specifics don't matter, but oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, that was one thing that surprised me about that game was how well Mac ran the football, and I think a lot of it was just that they ran a bunch of cool misdirection plays. They ran a lot of pulling. They got their linebackers up to the second level really well, and like Clowney and Watt were like desperate to make plays because they had to, and they took themselves out by being super aggressive as well. So, I mean, that bodes well for Indianapolis when they put the Chiefs this weekend too. Uh, is there anything else that's sticking out in your brain right now after last week's games? I think the only other thing is, okay, so I have to tell you this. It was probably the funniest thing that I watched. It was against the Chargers and the Ravens game. The, after the first half, it, you just saw Lamar Jackson was struggling beyond anything. He just had the jitters, it seemed. But the funniest thing was to watch Joe Flacco have his helmet on. Starting the second half, he's like moving his head around, like loosening up the shoulders. He's getting ready to come in. 
He never went in. It's like you can just tell the disappointment. It's just the excitement was there, and then slowly it would it just became lost. And at the end of the game with Harbaugh just saying, oh, yeah, the market's going to be great for Flacco, pretty much just said, get the hell out of here, man. Yeah, and the quarterback market's so weird this year already because the Dolphins want to trade Tannehill. Nobody's going to trade for him. The Ravens are going to have to trade Flacco, just cut him. They're probably going to cutting him. The Lions even said they're they were they're open to trading Matthew Stafford. Nobody's gonna take on thirty million dollars in Matthew yeah, Stafford. I don't, yeah, nobody's. And gonna so get like that. everybody's kind of stuck, and uh, and then you have a franchise quarterback backing up Drew Brees right now. So it's been interesting to see what happens with. Oh that. my God, a franchise <laughs> quarterback backing up Drew Brees. So Teddy Bridgewater, where do you think he's gonna go then? Since he's the franchise, uh, I don't know. He's he's gonna start, and he's gonna be a, at least a Pro Bowler next year. By the way, uh, speaking, let's jump ship here when it comes to coaches now. So Bruce Arians, are we going to call him a big liar? Because him saying or during the season, oh, yeah, I'm only going to come back if I get to coach Cleveland. He signed on with the Tampa Bay Bucks. You're a liar, dude. He wants to party is what he wants <laughs> to do. That's what he wants to do. So you're saying he wants to party with Jameis. By the way, uh, we're, he, he quoted after getting the job, yeah, uh, we're going to build this team around Jameis. What has the team been doing, Matt? Attempting to build the team around Jameis. <laughs> like, then what, it, what is he even talking about? I mean, I think he means him. I mean, I think it's a perfect fit, though, for him. How? Where, like, he's going to be able to be there for at least three years. Because if Jameis doesn't work this year, they'll just get another quarterback the year after. But and they're willing to give him a shot. Do you even think that yeah, they're they going to touch a quarterback? Or you just no, think, at, no. This is his last year. And if it doesn't work out, they'll just draft a quarterback the year after. And also, they have, they've always had bad defense. Todd Bowles should be a good defensive coordinator. He was a great one in Arizona. And also, like, Winston throwing the ball downfield is a good thing. And like it's a perfect offense for him to be in, and so and they have Mike Evans, they have Chris Godwin, who's a good outside receiver. Even though he had that one like really awful game, everybody made fun of him for. And even then, like Deshaun Jackson will probably stay as well too. Deshaun like, Jackson wanted to get traded this. No, past. but I think like, I think Arians will be able to talk to him. Like, look, we're gonna throw the ball downfield vertical. Dude, you can't trust him. Remember, he's a liar. Who's a li- Arians? Not a liar. I don't. I hope. I can't wait to see him in his little hat. It better be a red hat or like a little pirate hat. By the way, so also to jump ship here when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals, how do you feel about your bad team that you love so much having that coach hire? I mean, he was fired from Texas Tech, if, I, if I'm remembering this correctly. So wh- what is this? And also, do you see the uh, little quote that's going around saying that he wanted Kyler Murray? Saying that yeah, if he I was, saw that. Yeah, like so he wouldn't touch him though, right? The rumors already started they're going to trade uh, Josh Rosen and draft Kyle Murray, <laughs> Kyle Murray overall number one. Um, I didn't realize how tiny Kyle Murray is. I don't think that's ever going to work in the NFL. Just going to throw that out there. He's 5'9". He's not 5'9". Yeah, he is. He's something <laughs> ridiculously small. <laughs> With this, uh, we're going to have to look at this. I think he's 5'9", 5'10". He's well, tiny. I don't even have internet also. Good I, Lord. I don't think I'm going to look that up. But yeah, it's... That's pretty funny. I don't know. He's just like Kingsbury got the job because he's good looking. That's the reason why he got it. You know what? I feel like this is going to be like a trend now because he kind of looks like like the Sean McVay type thing where it's the young, hot offensive coordinator. He's coming in. He's ready to go. I don't know. I don't know if I'm believing him. I just I don't see it really, especially with Josh Rosen. I just I'm I don't know. You You love Arizona Cardinals. Do you think it's a good hire at all? Mm, I don't know. I don't really have any big opinions on it at all. I thought you loved this team. Yeah, I liked them. I loved them last year because they're, they're my favorite too. bad team of all time. But now, you know, the offseason's here, and that may sparkle and fade away. Bruce Arians Jr. over here. 
No, no, I don't. I'm never live once in my entire life. I didn't say I don't love. The, I love the 2018 Arizona Cardinals. I don't know if I'm gonna love the 2019 Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> and those are two different sentences and two different statements. I don't even know what that means. I feel like that the 2019 Arizona Cardinals will win more games, and yet you're gonna. Well, say that's, that not the the that's not is, the point. The point is, the point is about being good. The point is about bringing entertainment. If you draft David Johnson in the time. fantasy football draft again, would you then become an Arizona Cardinal fan? I mean, Johnson doesn't do my such Cardinals a love. <laughs> Cardinals, Johnson, drafting Johnson, number one, nothing to my Cardinals love. God, you're the worst. No. I'm, be- I'm beautiful. I never lied. No matter uh, what they say, because words can't bring you down. Yeah, Johnny Appletree over here. So That's la- Christina Aguilera. No, Johnny Appletree never told a lie, you know. So last week I went three and one. You went two and two. Dude, stop it right now! You're gonna be you're gonna be honest with the audience. You are saying that you went three and one, even though you picked Dallas to lose by a touchdown. Yeah, with the, point, with the yeah, points. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. You're saying points. Great. I'm so happy for the points, but that's not what you picked. You picked Seattle yeah, I to picked win. Seattle win. And not then, with points. You just yeah, picked them to win. No, period. I, Again, I picked them win by two because I oh picked them with no, the you points. Didn't. You had them winning by seven. And lost, you had them winning like twenty. I, I had them twenty-eight, twenty-six. Like no, you didn't. Yes, I did. Oh my God, you're a liar, dude. You're yeah. Bruce Arians. Let me pull this up. Pull it up. I'm about to pull it up. You are a liar. Slap you. Are you ready for this? I got all this written down. <laughs> Wait, this is gonna take a minute. Gosh, now. all right. I had Seattle twenty-seven, Dallas twenty-three. There it is. That yeah. wasn't two points, was it? Uh, it's four points. There it is. But Dallas was a two-point favorite. Yeah, I know. So you still picked right, well. Yeah, so I yeah went okay. Two. Thank you. <laughs> I'm really stupid. Uh, yeah, you're right. I'm wrong. I mean, this is the case. The Lions just thank being you. dumb. All right. So I went two and two. You went two and two. Uh, the record is I'm 34 and 23. You're 31 26. So I have a a three po- a three game lead. And I think and the only reason why I'm beating you is because I picked all these Texans games right. And you keep picking the opposite game wrong every single time. Oh, you mean that on a Texans podcast, I'm the one that picks the te- Texans and you pick against them? No, and you just pick the Texans wrong. No, no, no. I pick the Texans to win the games always, and you pick against them, and then you're excited whenever your pick is right. That's good, man. I'm glad that you're excited that your team loses. That's a good fan. It's not being excited. It's, it's again... I'm trying to trying to teach, trying to entertain, trying to provide the best analysis we have here. There's trying no to provide the best analysis here, and I'm just right every time with this team. But the rest of the games, I feel like I haven't done that well. I think my record is completely propped up on the bloated corpse of the Houston Texans this season. You, you should have just picked the same games as I did when it came to them. I, I don't think I want to do that, only because yeah. I'm my own person. Well, uh, you should have. You should have. So this week, we got the Colts playing the Chiefs. The Chiefs are five-and-a-half-point favorites. We got the Cowboys playing the Rams. The Rams are seven-point favorites. We have the Chargers playing the Patriots. The Patriots are four-point favorites. And we have the Eagles going to New Orleans. The Saints are eight-point favorites. Uh, there's no road favorites at all. We have a bunch of home favorites. And uh, let's get it going. Let's get it going. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> so the first game we, we're going to talk about is again Colts-Chiefs. Uh, the Colts came back, came from a game recently where they kind of just beat the crap out of the Texans. They went up on them 21-0. They scored three touchdowns in their first four possessions. The only reason why they didn't score was because J.J. Watt tipped a ball up in the air, which you're not supposed to do according to Booger McFarlane. It's holding J.J. Watt back. And then Brandon was able to find it. Uh, I skate around like a hippopotamus and dive and catch that pass. And then the, t- the Colts got the ball back and scored again. And you know, Deshaun Watson was bad. He was like Kirk Cousins bad. Uh, he was inaccurate, bounced throws, and throw it downfield. The only thing he was good at was doing was running. The dump-offs picked up a lot more yards because the Colts dropped back in zone coverage. It was just a, a poor display of football. 
Bill O'Brien was out coached. The Texans were outplayed. They lost a game that they probably could have lost by like thirty-five, you know, to seven if the Colts, you know, pushed it the entire game. Um, so this week they're playing the twelve and four Kansas City Chiefs. Now I know you're not high on the Chiefs right now. You're kind of uh, maybe a little gilded on them. You're not feeling as strong as some people are. Gilded, huh? Yeah, like you're thinking like they're spray painted gold. You know, but there's no, there's not like it's a kind of like a five dollar lamp spray painted gold. That's what I th- that's how I feel like you think about the Chiefs. Dude, you can't tell me that you feel confident about them. Because, by the way, also... Yeah, I feel pretty good about them. You right? feel good about yeah. them, especially with an Andy Reid, and it's his first game that's playing the one, in the playoffs. That's oh, the one so problem. that's your one thing. But the one thing the Chiefs did this year is that you can't lose in the first round of the playoffs if you don't have to play in the first round of the playoffs. Technically, that would be true, but I also am going to say, Andy Reid, it's still going to be considered your first game of the playoff and postseason. So that would mean that... He's going to lose this game. Come on. You can't feel good about the Kansas City Chiefs, especially because they don't have a defense. And you would need them to control the ball. It's not like Andrew Luck in that offense is anything. Think about it on paper. The Indianapolis Colts, they have the offense that can match the Kansas City Chiefs. Sure, it's not going to be as explosive, but they still have the weapons. And then you have the defense on the other end, while Kansas City has what on the other end? They have nothing. Yeah, well, I mean, they have three really good pass rushers, and that's kind of their entire defense is composed of. So I think the thing about the Chiefs is that they you know, lost, they put that close game against the Ravens and went overtime. They lost the Chargers at the end of the year. And I think like people have cooled off on them, but this is still... Aren't they like two and two in their last four? I think they're three and one. Are you sure about that? Yeah, because they, they beat the Ravens, they beat the Raiders, they lost the Chargers, and they won another game, I think. You know what? We're just going to call it. Because they, they lost the Patriots, they lost the Rams, they lost the Chargers. And I guess they lost one more game somewhere. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, though. we'll call it a watch. We'll say I'm right. Yeah, that's fine with me. I don't care enough about that. Um, so with this game, the Chiefs have an all-time great passing offense. Their passing offense DVOA was 63%, which is first. They're number one DVOA because of this passing offense. And they've lost three games. They've lost four games this year, all four by one possession. And I think like people have just kind of soured on them because they kind of got tired of them. Like, oh, yeah, this is just a great passing offense. We know what the Chiefs are. And also not playing last week, too. You kind of forget how really good their passing offense is. Yeah, um, I don't think that's why I have soured on them. I'm pretty sure the moment that they lost Kareem Hunt, I didn't think that they were ever going to be the same team, which ever since they lost Kareem Hunt, they have not been the same team. I mean, they, there's there's just been more incompletions from Mahomes, but yeah. Damian Williams has been you know more than good enough. You know, it's not it's not an issue with their running game. But it's more he's than not passing Kareem game Hunt. And then, yeah, like he's he, whenever there's his first three reads recoveries coming off to Damian Williams, it's not the same thing as coming off to Kareem Hunt. Actually, it's this easy for me. So with Kansas City having Kareem Hunt, do they have a better running game than the Colts? And without Kareem Hunt, do they have a better running game than the Colts? I don't think it really matters that much because their passing game is so good. You don't think it matters that much. So if they have to control the clock... They, you, but they won't have to control the clock. So you think that no matter what, they're just going to get touchdown after touchdown with Mahomes in this game? Well, I, I think that's that's their path to win this game, though, is that the Colts are, between the past defense DVOA, their core, like Pierre Desir, or Desir, and like, I really like Kenny Moore, uh, Desir had a really great game covering DeAndre Hopkins. But he looked obviously hurt, and they don't like. They're fine players. They're not great players. Both of them can't cover Tyreek Hill. Their safeties, Clay Gathers and Malik Hooker, they get turned around a lot. Like the ability is there to throw the ball deep against Indianapolis, and so like the path for them to win this game is to throw the ball a lot, throw the ball downfield because I don't think the Colts can really stop it. And so I don't think this is going to be a Kansas City versus Indianapolis 
run the ball, control the clock, sort game. I think it's going to be Kansas City, you know, throwing the ball downfield and having a lot of success doing so. I think that if the Colts go up two touchdowns and they easily can just control the game, then it's 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 well, too yeah, simple. Of I mean, I mean, but it's course, too but simple. It's really hard to go go up two touchdowns on the Chiefs. I'm sorry, but I'm just I'm not a believer in this. I, mean, I feel like I'm I, more of a believer in the Colts. I feel than like the, the Rams are probably the only team to go up two touchdowns on the Chiefs this year. You know what? I still am not going to be. I'm. I don't understand why everybody's just jumping on it. It's because everybody loves the show. We're going back to this, and I just with Mahomes. Listen, the only weapon that they have that I feel like you're exactly right with is Tyreek Hill because it's like what I've said. He's a video game character. It's unfair. So nobody's going to be able to guard him. It's just, it's not like T.Y. Hilton is a scrub by any stretch of the imagination. So they're going to play, be playing pretty much match the entire time with the passing game. And then Marlon Mack, in my opinion, will be the deciding factor because it's a factor that the Kansas City Chiefs have. But according to you, it's a factor they don't need. No, I'm, but that's but that's how the Colts win the game, though. And it's like the Colts do have a pass. I'm like, I'm not saying that the Colts can't win this game; they're going to lose for sure. sure. Sounds like I'm it. I'm saying like they're that's what their path is, though, because the Chiefs are in their losses. They've given up in their last five games. They've given up an average of 164.2 rushing yards a game. That's 821 yards total. They even gave up 171 rushing yards to the Raiders, 127 to the Raiders in Week 17. 194 to Baltimore, and 210 that ended up to being Seattle. A scary game, though. Yeah, that ge- that game is a little scarier than you want yeah, it to be. You see? But week 17, they you know crushed them by 30 points or whatever. And the Colts in the last five games, they're averaging 127 yards on the ground. Marlon Mack is 4.7 yards in attempt. Uh, Jordan Wilkins has 5.6 yards in attempt. And the Chiefs, of course, have the worst run defense in football by DVOA. And so, like, I understand everything uh-huh. you're saying. Yep. I'm just going with the best pass offense, <laughs> one of the best you're passing offenses of all time. Yeah, I'm going with one of the best passing offenses of all time. And, I, again, it's more so because I think the Colts are, suscept- are susceptible in the back end. Like, I think they weren't tested last week at all by Houston. The Texans took, like, two deep chances that entire game. The Colts, you can throw downfield on them. Eli Manning was able to do so in Week 16. The Times weren't able to because they had Blaine Gabbert. But, like, you can throw the ball against Indy. Hey, Matt, let me ask you this. Uh, how many teams in the NFL history – have made it past the, in the playoffs whenever they just have an offense and no defense. I don't. I don't know what type of question. You know, that you is. know what type of question <laughs> that is. It means that none. There's no team that's out there where they just are getting by with just an offense and nothing else. That doesn't work in the playoffs. It works in the regular season I, I in th- Monday Night Football when nobody wants to play defense. But when it comes to postseason. Defense is what's going to matter. Ball control is what's going to matter. Running game is what's going to matter. It's not just did you, the passes. Did you know that you pick up more yards to the air than on the ground? And throwing the ball is more effective and more efficient? That can't be true. Yeah, that's how it works. And so, again, and then also going back to the Colts, that, like I guess like the Colts and how they can win this game. The Chiefs have three really good defensive players. Justin Houston, I, I put him there. But like, cause he gets sacks, but he's still kind of old. Yeah. Like he's, you know, I'm, I'm saying like he's kind of old. He's like 29, you know. <laughs> but he's had two bad injuries as a problem. Uh, Alan Bailey's a pretty good like three, four defensive and rusher. But this is all their pass rush. So, uh, Chris Jones has 29 quarterback hits, 13 sacks. D Ford has 29 quarterback hits, 15 and a half sacks. Uh, Justin Houston has 12 quarterback hits, nine sacks. And like, if you can blah, if you don't allow those guys to make turnovers and big plays, you're gonna move the ball against Kansas City. And then the problem for Kansas City is that the Colts have one of the best pass-blocking lines in, uh, in football. And this is also an offensive line that's got a lot better that used to start LaRaven Clark and Denzel Good, and they're not playing there anymore. You have Brain Smith, the right tackle. You have Anthony Costanzo there. Uh, they've allowed 18 sacks this season. 
They're second in Justin Sacre at 4%. They're eighth in pressure rate, 26.2%. And also Andrew Luck is so good at maneuvering the pocket, stepping up, finding his receivers, and all those sorts of things. Um, and so, like, I mean, <laughs> this game is going to be... I, I still think it's going to be close, but again, I just think Mahomes is going to throw the ball downfield. I think they're kind of underrated at this point because we haven't seen, like, a really great Chiefs game in a while. Uh, again, we didn't watch them play last week. Week 17 didn't matter. They lost to Seattle, which is their fourth loss. Uh, that I kind of forgot about as we were trying to figure that out, like, 10 minutes ago. Yep. And I don't know, like, just, I think their just pass offense is so good, and I think they're going to be able to throw the ball in Indianapolis, and I guess I can say that, like, seven times in a row because I think that's really what this game comes down to. That's all. See, you and I are just going to keep, like, going back and forth when it comes to this game. You just believe so much in the passing, which makes zero sense to me. Matt, what, what is with you in passing these days? It's, who are you? Like, who are, <laughs> you were the guy that did not like all the offensive explosions. You were the guy that was like, oh, yeah, I hate all the offense. I love defense. Defense is my greatest thing. And now you're, like, going against it. Who are you? You're a stranger. <laughs> uh, well, I said I like 27. Moving the New has changed you. I like 27, 21-point games. I don't, like, you know, I don't like whenever bad offenses are playing or scoring 35 points. I'm fine whenever great offense are scoring 35 points because that makes sense. And again, like this is an all-time great passing offense. This is like the 2008 Patriots level of passing offense. So let me ask you this. Do you think that the Houston Texans should actually fire Bill O'Brien for losing to the Colts? Uh, I mean, he's not going anywhere. That's the problem, though. <laughs> Why is he not going anywhere? Because, like, he won games. He won and games. So that's what you're going to say, even though he lost I'm a not, division I'm not saying team. it from my my perspective. I'm saying it from the Texans' perspective. He won games. That doesn't mean anything. So I know, but I'm saying that's what that's how they look at it, though. He's won games. Would you have rather not make the playoffs and have him fired than making the playoffs and losing in the first round the way you did? I feel like that's something that's going to need to happen eventually, and it may happen this next year. Who knows? But... Uh, I mean, it's just weird because I don't know who the coaches would be available. Like, would you rather have Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles than Bill O'Brien? I would say, yeah. I'd rather have Mike so. Tomlin than Bill O'Brien. I wouldn't go that far. But that's how far I'm going to go. And even though I'm not really a Tomlin guy, I just, I, I'm not a Bill O'Brien guy. I feel like I would rather have Mike Tomlin than Jason Garrett on my team. So I feel like it's the same thing. Yeah. I'm not trying to insult the Texans over here. My thing about Houston this year when, with that statement is that last year was really bad. They won four games. It was terrible. They started 0-3 this year. It was terrible. And so I'm just glad they had a fun season. It was a good a time. fun season? What did you get, a participation trophy? Yeah, That's the, not something you the root last for. Four, the last four weeks and like watching Deshaun Watson be absurd was made the whole season worth it, even though like the whole middle part was super boring. The beginning was miserable. But like watching Watson last month and knowing that, hey, we actually we have a really good quarterback. That part's taken care of. Uh, I haven't felt that since Matt Schaub in 2011. And that was a long time ago. That was like seven years ago. And so that's why I'm okay with everything that happened this year. This is the most depressing thing I've ever heard. Because, by the way, what are you even going to be going next year? You, don't you feel like that the team's going to be the exact same, and yet the only thing that's going to be happening is now the Colts are going to be winning the division? Uh, may, I mean, maybe, but they also have $75 million in cap space. They have two second-round picks. They have their first-round pick this year. They can cut Kevin Johnson, Demaryius Thomas, and add an additional like, $16 million in cap space. With all those mid-round picks they have, they could probably trade and take on big contracts, upgrade the roster, too. What do you want too. them to get? Uh, I want them to trade, like, a first-round pick and, I don't know, something else for Jalen Ramsey. That's what I want. For Jalen Ramsey. That's yeah. what you want? That's Why do you I want, want. Jalen Ramsey? Because he's a top-five cornerback. The Texans have one of the worst secondaries in football. So would you, you would rather have Jalen Ramsey than something like like a left tackle? You would, like, what is I'm fine with Julian Davenport for another year. Really? Yeah, I'm fine with him. What? 
Deshaun Watson was the most sacked quarterback in the year, and you you're going with the corner. Yeah, because the secondary is worse than the offensive line. That's what you're really gonna say. A hundred percent. Yes. Man, that and is. And you're also saying it's just looking at sacks numbers. A lot of those sack numbers are also because their tie-ins are bad blocking. Deshaun Watson plays himself in the sacks. He doesn't throw the ball away when he should at times. Uh, you also have running backs that miss blocks. Just saying it's on the offensive line is a very misleading statistic. By the way, I think we need to make a poll now. What would you rather have, defense or offensive line? All right, I'll make a poll. That's what you need I'll to do. I'll post up and say biggest offseason need. Yeah. Poll, biggest offseason need. Now we're talking. And I, and I think I've swayed enough minds for that to I be I don't think you've swayed any minds. I feel like that nobody wants to agree with you because they hate you for always picking against your for all, team. For always so no right. matter what, they're going to yeah, be picking yeah. my side in this poll. No, I think it's just always being right, you know. No, I don't think that's it at all. I yeah, think I think I think whenever I have to go back and look through all these old, you know, psychotic serial killer papers I've laid around here and see. I bet I probably like went five and down the Texans games we picked against you this year. Oh my! Actually, I'd probably believe that. That's yeah, true. yeah. So I think that's the only thing that I really kept picking against, like the opposite with you. You know what? I'm going to jump back in here when it comes to the Chiefs. So let me say something positive about them. I believe in Mahomes. Yeah, I he's do. really good. I believe in Tyreek Hill. I just don't believe in just an offensive team. I just, I can't do it. And even with Andy Reid, I'm just, I'm not about that life. I just don't see it. I think the stadium's going to be loud. I think it's going to be a fun game. But in all honesty. It's also hard. I wonder how drunk they can get by 3.30. Oh, dude. If it was a a night game, they'd be better off too. Think about how much louder they would have been. No, I feel like Kansas City would have lost a night game easily. They always lose the night game. Yeah, but they usually play this three thirty game. I mean, the time period matters. I thought they played the night game last year. When they lost to the Steelers, was that last year? That was. Yeah. Then they scored seven points. Yeah, that was. was uh. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's always been ugly. <laughs> yeah, the best part of that game too is they had that two point conversion that they didn't convert because Jeff Fisher, I mean Eric Fisher, held uh, the edge rusher, and they had tried again from like second and twelve, and Alex Smith, you know, completely botched it. But like again, I think I'm not thinking this is gonna be a blowout. I think Indy can win, and you know their path to winning is getting a lead, running the ball, shorting the game. Don't allow Kansas City's three best defensive players to you know force a fumble, uh, survive the onslaught because Kansas City's going to you know have like a big fourteen point swing, and then win by one score or so, and then just pray Andy Reid you know completely botches it, or just let like the Kansas City you know misery uh, comes into town again, like how it usually does. So. What do you think's gonna happen? Give me your pick for this one, dude. It's like what I've been telling you this entire time. And he's the more complete team. And he's gonna win this game. I got them at thirty-five. I have the little Kansas City Chiefs at thirty-one. How many rushing yards are the Chiefs gonna have in this one? I'm gonna give them honestly sixty. I don't see them having any more than sixty yards. That's the most I'm gonna give them. Like that's the high point. What about the Colts and rushing yards? Are they gonna have? Oh, dude, I'm gonna put Marlon Mack at about one ten. 110, yeah. but overall, though, like including Luck, including Wilkins, including everybody. If everybody, I'm going to probably put it at about 160, gotcha. 170. But Marlon Mack, I feel like he's going to get over 100 yards. I feel like he's going to have at least 20 carries again. They are going to control the clock. Indy is going to win this game. You've heard it here first. Okay. Well, we heard it. I think we've also heard it probably other places yeah, first. No, no, because <laughs> you're only listening to this podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. That's a good point. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, and we'll continue to argue and bitter like old ladies in, a, in the nursing home. Uh, but before we take a break, make sure you hit that subscribe button and uh, fulfill that New Year's resolution. So, And we're back. And so the next game we're going to talk about Are is this back? Saturday. We're back. <laughs> we're back now. And we're back. We're back now. So the, last game we're, the next game we're going to talk about, not the last game, are the Dallas Cowboys going to Los Angeles for the Battle of, of Los Angeles. The Rams are seven-point favorites. 
So, Taylor, are the Cowboys back? You know what? I'm not quite sure yet. Uh, I feel like that the Cowboys are heading in the right direction here. They're going exactly where I need them to be. I can't thank you enough to the Philadelphia Eagles for beating the Chicago Bears so that we get to go to the Los Angeles Rams because my big factor whenever it comes to this game is that is this really a home game for them? I'm not quite sure because that is where Dallas practices during the offseason. In the summertime, they're going to be a home away from home. It's pretty much going to be split down the middle when it comes to that fan base. No, well, I cannot wait, well, so I, baby. I know what you're saying. I but it wasn't so I don't know if this is true or not. <laughs> I was at the oh, so yeah. I was at the gym and they had you know ESPN on and they had like a little stat and they brought like their ticket expert and they were like, All right, how many Cowboys fans are projected to be at this game? And they said twenty nine percent of the crowd is expected to be a Dallas fan. And they also said that's the biggest road crowd uh in the playoffs. So it's not fifty fifty, it's probably it's gonna 50, be seventy 50. thirty, sixty five, thirty five maybe. But it's not going to be 50-50. Uh, tell whoever that ticket expert is to shove it up his butt. Because guess what? When it's the Dallas Cowboys that come into town, everybody comes to Dallas Cowboy fan. Because we are America's team. And you're, when we go to L.A. You're one the, of the seven plagues is what you uh, are. <laughs> yeah, but we're the best type of plague. People want this plague. They what's ask the se- for what's it. What's the second best plague? I don't know. If you had to get a plague, which plague would you pick? I don't know. Probably the black plague. The black plague? I, the only because I want to see one of those crow mask people walking around like a wheelbarrow full of bodies. Bring out your dad. <laughs> you, the, one of the scariest things I've ever seen in a movie is I, I saw Contagion in theaters and the entire movie this guy was just coughing and sneezing. And I was like, oh my God. I, I, had, I almost had to leave. I couldn't take it at all. That movie kind of tripped me out, especially when it came to the end because... You just, the entire time, it's just pretty much the world's coming to, to an end because everyone is sick. But the entire time, you're wondering, like, oh, where, where did this all started? And then it just goes all the way back, backtracking to pretty much just a bat pooping in pig. Yeah. And pig eating the poop. And, and, that, and that's and the that, world ending right that's there. That's what it was. I mean, and also, I remember being like 12, I was so afraid of West Nile virus. I was so afraid of blur, bird flu. Like all those like contagious taking over everything. And that movie and that guy sneezing the whole time was one of the scariest moments of my entire life. To live, to live in such a, a blessed American postmodern bubble. Would you rather live in the Contagion world or the I Am Legend world? Uh, you know, this is my only apocalyptic take, is that I would, the best part about being in like a post-apocalyptic world is just like walking, in, walking into houses and just looking through things. By the way, I think that's kind of like a good question that nobody's really asked before. What is the best post-apocalyptic movie like setting that you'd want to be a part of? Like, What movie would you want to be in when it comes to that setting? I'm, I'm wondering. Like, yeah, I'm going down it. I feel like the Fallout video games that you want to be in because like, I you don't can think still you like, want to be in that. Yeah, because like people are still alive and stuff, and like it's don't just you have to run from up. dogs that are like disease. Yeah, they, and yeah, things. parts like that, and there's That's... radiation stuff. There's still like civilization, and you know, it just seems like a fun time in some ways. Yeah, after you know, you know what? I I got it. You know what I would be the po- the post apocalyptic world that I want to be a part of is the happening. That's easy. Oh, yeah, because yeah, remember, just trees. don't yeah, just don't have any emotion, and then you win. I'll wear a moon ring. Move out to the desert where the trees can't get you, uh, except for those big old cottonwood trees by the by the creek. So I think this game is pretty <laughs> similar to the Kansas City Chiefs game we talked about earlier, where like, the Cowboys can win this game, but it's the same sort of thing where they win it by ball control, turnovers, running the ball. Because guess what, the Rams' run defense is really bad too. They give a five point one yards an attempt. That's last in football. Their run defense DVA is 1.5%, which is 28th in football. 
And so if Dallas can do what you're saying the Colts can do, they definitely have a shot to win this game. And, like, it's it's there. Like, Elliott's been really good the last four weeks. Uh, I don't think their run blocking has been – like, Tyron Smith has been a lot better. Degmar, I think, is kind of healthy again. But I think overall, just, like, the way Elliott's been running. And then finally, maybe we'll see, like, a really big Dak rushing game because it's been there. It's It's, like, been hot, but the water hasn't started boiling just yet. All right, so just to let you know, I'm going to talk a little bit about last game now because last game was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Considering everybody talks smack about Dak Prescott, this is exactly what I talk about when it comes to this man versus Tony freaking Romo. Dak gets the ball when it's third and 14, and what does Dak do? He decides to run with the ball because that's what he can do versus Romo, which, by the way, that also made me extremely angry. You realize he didn't start running until the second half hit after the Seattle Seahawks ran Russell Wilson. And it's like the coaches on the sideline went, hey, we can do that. That's allowed. Hey, we should run Dak. That's a good idea. All of a sudden, next possession, Dak starts running the ball. Are you freaking kidding me? It's what I've been saying all season for them to do. Just run the stupid option. Just have Dak and Z going back and forth. You opens up the pass downfield. It just makes too much sense. Finally, they start doing it in the second half. And what happens? Dak takes over because he can do things other quarterbacks can't. Yeah, and he's also super strong, too. Like He can take hits. It's insane. And I, I kind of feel the way they could treat him like the Panthers treat Cam Newton, except like he doesn't get hurt. Like Dak hasn't gotten hurt like Cam has. Dak's also younger as well, too. Dak cares more than Cam Newton. Uh, I'm going to say that. Oh, really? You're not going to say Okay, let me ask I'm, you this. I can't, oh, I no, 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 I can't no, 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 measure, no, no, no. You open this measure up for me. hard at all. Really, man? Okay, let me ask you. Would uh, Dak have dropped on that fumble in the Super Bowl? Probably. That's I all know. I need to know. That's all. I, don't tell me you can't measure a man's heart. You can measure Dak on but the also, field versus Cam. Also, Newton. Cam had been hit like 15 times really? that point in the game. Oh, so we're going to make up excuses. Would Dak fall on that there's, fumble, there's Matt? That's here. all I want to know. Would Dak fall on that fumble? Oh, you have to ask him. You know you would. I do, I do like how Dak Prescott just fist pumps every single thing. He's just, he, he's he looks a warrior, like, he, man. It's he what looks he like does. Bane in Batman forever. He's, go- oh, Whenever God, he don't gets, like, filled with all that poison after every first down, so he looks like. He, then now, okay, so that would mean that the, the one who looks like him, the skinny little guy that gets the poison from the, the plants, oh, yeah, let me push this button on you, Bane, and then you get bigger. He looks like me, and then I would transform into Dak. Is that what you're saying? Yes, I'm saying. All right, you know what? Are you going to be my poison ivy in this? Uh, my kisses are sweet. They're not poisonous, <laughs> right? Your kiss is all I need. <laughs> all right, you know what? Right, but so we're going to go back. No, 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 don't, don't interrupt me yet, because we're going to go back to this. Matt, why is it that, let me ask you, Dak Prescott, if he was on the Baltimore Ravens and he played against the Chargers looking like Lamar Jackson, would he have gone to pass? I don't know. See, this is ridiculous. Like, I just don't know. Understand. I don't know. These are just weird this, hypotheticals. It's not weird hypotheticals. It's what I have to go through as a Cowboys fan because every single time. Oh, this you, is just your defense mechanism to all of it. Yeah, then. exactly. Just, this like, is the little man syndrome these, coming out in me. Yeah, you just spin these these webs, these hi, these situations where I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess something would happen. Then I why is it that you. every single time Dak has a bad game, everybody knows he's garbage and he sucks? I mean, he's fine. I hate you. He's yeah, fine. I hate everybody. And this is where the defense comes out because you're so en- quick and enjoy, confident. Enjoy this year. It's fine. Whenever God. he's getting paid $60 million a year, it's going to be different. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but yeah, Elliott last week, he had 26 carries for 137 yards, 5.27 yards in attempt. Against the Seattle defense, that was, I think, overrated. Like, they weren't very good against the run. The best part about their team were their, their pass rushers on their front four. 
And this game is kind of similar with Los Angeles. Their their run defense is bad. Their pass defense has been a top ten defense, and it's mainly because Aaron Donald had sixty two and a half pressures this year. First, and this is also as an interior rusher, forty one quarterback hits, twenty and a half sacks. Um, he's going up against, I guess, Connor Williams is going to start left guard probably, and he was better against Seattle. Uh, Joe Looney and Doug Martin, and so like Connor Williams, I feel like every single play, whenever Aaron Donald's lined is a three. And you have Tyron, and then he's lined with a three across from Connor Williams. You just have to slide Tyron Smith over. Slide, just slide the entire pressure over one gap. Let the back take the defensive end. Let him take Dante Fowler coming off the edge. Or pull a tight end, pull a tight end motion to keep him on the edge there. Because you just can't let Connor Williams get that many plays against Aaron Donald. Because that's really like the, I mean, that's the best part of his defense by far. And it's their only like source of like real consistent disruption. Because you can throw Marcus Peters. Tlaib hasn't looked right since he's come back still. Uh, their outside rushers aren't very good. So Bachum and Dante Fowler. And they have sacks, but they don't have consistent pressure. Sue's a great run defender, but he hasn't been all that great against the pass. And so you have to do everything you can to limit Donald from a Dallas perspective. So in this case, whenever it comes to Dallas uh, beating the Rams, do you even give them a chance? Or do you think that the Rams are just going to have too high of an offense because you love the offensive game so much these days? No, because the, I think Dallas does have a chance for sure. And the difference is that the Rams need to run the ball. Like they, unlike Kansas City, doesn't have to do run the ball. Do you think Gurley's going to be holding up? Uh, he's going to play Saturday. And so with Gurley, I mean, I guess the Rams, what, they, what I have here, that in losses, their rushing yards were 92 against New Orleans. 52 against Chicago, 82 against the Eagles, which comes out to 75 yards a game. In wins, they were averaging 154 yards a game. And, of course, part of that is, like, when you're up and you try and kill the clock, you're going to run the ball, you get more rushing yards. But, like, watching those games, they really struggled to run the ball. And when they did that, now their play action doesn't work as well. The jet sweeps don't work as well. Jared Goff doesn't work very well. And, like, Goff in general, if his first read's not open, if his second read's not open, he has no idea what to do. He just like holds on the ball. His feet get really sticky. He doesn't know what to do, and he throws incompletions. And that's kind of like the thing here. If D- Dallas has a great run defense. If they can play the run with the dig in Seattle, force Jared Goff and be able to cover his first read, uh, there, there's their path to win right there. Like That's the possibility. That plus a really great rushing attack. It's kind of the same thing as, as Indy, except it's just slightly different. No, I actually completely agree. I feel like what I'm hoping for is that the defense just sells out on the run, kind of what they did with Seattle, because I still found it funny. What was it, that Carson ran the ball, what was it, 13 times for like 22 yards? Something crazy, and I was just laughing at the end of the game, just saying, yeah, Pete Carroll's still trying to run the ball as we speak. Yeah, and that was a big takeaway. I, I didn't notice it while I was watching it, the lack of Russell was, Wilson throwing. And I looked at the numbers, and Wilson was like 22 for 28. <laughs> It was insane because uh, Lockett, all he, he had to do was just throw the ball to Lockett and Lockett was going to score. If they would have gotten that onside kick, we would have lost that game because even though everybody's raving about the defense, which I'm with you, I love my defense so much. But that fourth quarter, man, think about it. Every two-point conversion that Seattle went for, because oh, Janikowski's out, oh no. Seattle got every two-point conversion that they went for. And they scored a touchdown on those long passes because Byron Jones was out there just, I don't know, picking his butt. Yeah, he hasn't been that good lately. No. He, he let uh, two touch. I'm pretty sure both touchdowns were his fault. And then they had that one offensive pass interference penalty that was close. Or I can't remember if it was an offensive pass interference penalty or he was just slightly out of balance, that Doug Baldwin play too. But that one was against him as well. 
Either way, he just it, it was bad fourth quarter when it came to that defense. And again, if that kicker did not kick the best onside kick I've ever seen in my life, then Dallas probably would have lost that game. It was just kind of lucky, but it was great because Dak was the warrior that won that game for us. And that third and 14, I go back to it because if we don't pick that up, that's a field goal, and it's only a six-point game. Yeah. Seattle would then beat us. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind that Russell Wilson would then just jog down the field, score a touchdown, and then we would lose. That I mean, all is they knew, different. Yeah, I've, or it'd been hilarious if it came down to Michael Dixon uh, drop kicking a field goal <laughs> that to was try to win that game. By the way, and let me go back to the Rams here then because you were just talking about him. And I completely agree with you when it comes to golf. Now, do you think that golf has been off? And this is weird for me to even say because Cooper like Cup that, is out. I like the way that sounds. Golf has been off. Golf has been off. Well, you know, because Cooper Cup. I mean, is, isn't that weird that ever since losing him, he's kind of just not the same? Was he his outlet? Was he his his kind of safety blanket? Yeah, he's kind of. I mean, like his because they would just go that you know eleven personnel, and so he was usually like their third read. He was their drag. He was their play action post. Uh, he would run those routes typically. So actually, I looked up the numbers. You ready for the? I'm for ready, the, man. So with with Cooper Cup weeks one through ten. A 68.7% completion percentage, 3,134 yards, 22 touchdowns to six interceptions. He took 20 sacks. He averaged 9.4 yards in attempt, all right? Remember that, 9.4 yards Oh, I'm remembering attempt. the 9.4. Weeks 11 through 17 after uh, Cap tore his ACL, a 59.8% completion percentage, 10 touchdowns to six interceptions compared to 22 to six, 6.8 yards in attempts compared to 9.4. This is an entirely different quarterback. Like we're looking, we're going from like a top five quarterback to like a slightly below average quarterback. Because like seven yards an attempt is usually average. That's actually kind of shocking. I mean, especially because you're telling me he's the third option on the team, which I fully believe. I just even in fantasy, I always kind of talk smack about Cooper Cup, not thinking that he was a big deal or a big primary factor. And it turns out he really was. He kind of was golf's everything because. Without Gurley being fully healthy when it comes to that knee, it seemed like Coop or Cup was his kind of go-to. And without that, he's more relying on Cooks. I just, I don't know. I, the Rams aren't as scary anymore. It's very interesting because I feel the same way as I do with Kansas City. Me talking smack about them. I won't do it to the Rams because my team's going up against them. Bad juju. It's just, these teams faded for me. They really did. They were so hot at the beginning. They just didn't hold up at the end, and that's where maybe people's doubt are coming from. Yeah, and I think the difference between the two is just that the Mahomes is a lot better than Goff, and the Chiefs don't have to run the football to have a great passing offense, whereas the Goff hasn't been that good for Los Angeles, and the Rams need to run the football because so much of their stuff is based off of play action, so much. One, you know, uh, through wide receiver sets and those sorts of things, and making sure their offense looks the same all the time too. Um, I, and also, I think for if you wanted to find like a game that the Dallas that Dallas needs to play to win this game. The Eagles game, I think, is a good example of what the Dallas has to do, you know, win the turnover battle, get a pretty good pass rush. The uh, the Eagles, you know, hit Goff seven times, only had two sacks, and the pass rush wasn't spectacular, but they were able to take away his first read, and he couldn't find anybody, lost his feet, kind of stumbled, uh, threw the ball, uh, threw, a lot, threw a ton of incompletions. He threw 53 passes, only completed 35 of them, and Gurley only had 12 rushes for 48 yards in that one. And so like, that's what Dallas, that's what I feel like Dallas has to do to win this game is have a game like that. All I know is that I'm so glad that we're going up against the Rams. I don't think I've ever been more excited as a fan. Dallas usually never gets anything. 
you understand. I have always been expecting disappointment my entire life when it comes to this team. Everybody talks about the Super Bowls. Oh, yeah, look what we did. Yeah, it was the 90s when I was born and I was three years old. I can't credit those to my name. But now... Some championship titty milk, though. I, I, just can't, I just can't do it. I wish I could, but I just can't. But now when it comes to this team, I don't know what it is, man. There is some belief in me. There really is, and it's only because I have Jesus Christ himself hopefully going to be able to knock off the Saints, and I have us going up against the Rams where I don't believe it's a home game for them. I have everything being dropped into my lap where everything is being set up for greatness. Matthew, I will not lie. If the Cowboys lose, even though I don't believe they are fully back, I may cry. You may I, cry. I may cry. Like, tears may come down my face. When was the last time you cried because of a sporting event? Um, probably, oh, easy. When it was uh, the San Antonio Spurs versus Miami Heat, and they lost. Now, after they won, you didn't cry when they won? Well, no. I, I knew they were going to win the next year. That was easy, especially just watching them during the regular season. They destroyed every single team that put out on that court. Yeah. But when it came to that year against Miami, because that game six, when Ray Allen hit the three, it was the game six loss because going into game seven, you just knew they were going to lose. Yeah, that was a really fun like two months. I'm not even a Spurs fan. I had a lot of fun watching those playoff games with everybody. And yeah, I'm I remember glad. we went downtown game six and we put like seven people in my car, just like laps out in the back to get down there. And we watched, we like snuck into some bar because Michael wasn't 21 yet. And uh, like they were all excited and stuff. I'm standing back there. I'm like, I don't know. They should not be celebrating just yet. Oh my God. I know it can so happen. Excited. I know it can happen after the Texas Rangers loss, and that's what ended up happening. It was similar, except the Spurs have won championships. The Texas Rangers never will. Five and, to be uh, exact, by baby. Far, yeah, by far the worst loss. Of, that was the last time I cried. And probably the only time, I'll, that will probably be the last time I'll ever cry because of sports. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever cry when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, only because they've just disappointed me my entire life. So what am I going to cry for? It's like your 37-year-old son finally moving out of the house. And by the way, even if the Dallas Cowboys win the Super Bowl, they're just like how you said about me freaking out about the whole Dak and my insecurities, blah, blah, blah. Even if we win the Super Bowl, people are still going to be like, Taylor, why are you so excited? It's not that big of a deal. Or, and I'm going to be like, a fluke thing. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to be jumping up and down so excited. It's, gonna be like, it's not that big of a deal. Look at it. Cowboys fans. Oh, bandwagon fan. That's all I'm going to hear. You want to know why? Because no matter what, the hatred comes my way. Mm-hmm. No matter it what. It has to. It has it's, to. It's just easy to hate me. Because I think it's just because I'm adorable. No, it's because people hate America, and the Cowboys are America's team. That's why. Oh, dude. Yes, you opened me for my joke. Okay. So I read a meme the other day, and it was pretty solid. So what it said, now, now I'm just going to get a little political here. It said, when it comes to China, they have a wall. How many Mexicans do they have in their country? So doesn't China building that wall have the right idea? Yeah, I, I, I guess so. <laughs> it's very funny. It's very funny. Uh, oh man, I bet that wall would be pretty cool to see, too. Yeah, I mean, I've never been to the Great Wall, but it's still up and standing. And, you know, they repair it every now and then whenever a hole breaks out. So it seems China wants that wall to remain in place. I wonder why. Yeah, I, I saw the wall in El Paso. It's pretty. I don't know. It's a little fence. <laughs> is like, that, is it, was it nice? Did uh, you take your kids? No, I mean, you see the Rio Grande. The Rio Grande's pretty cool. And then it's just kind of like, I don't know, it's a fence thing, you know? You didn't take me. I don't know. Because I go out to West Texas. Uh, that, you know, it's a cowboy thing to do. You're not a real it's cowboy. It's a narcos thing to do. So this week, I have the Rams winning 27-25, but I'm picking the Cowboys with the points. I think this seems like a close, stupid game. And the Dallas Cowboys just lose in some really dumb way. God, I hate you so much for saying these things. All right, I hate Jared Goff so much. 
I'm not even going to lie to you. I This will crush me. I have Dallas beating them. I have 31. I have Dak and Dallas scoring 31 points, people. Rams 28. So, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> uh, I don't think the Cowboys even scored 31 points yet this year. I guess against the Jaguars they did. Yeah, uh, thank you. They scored actually over 40 points against 41 the Jaguars. 41 points against yeah, the Jaguars. Yeah, why don't, you, why don't you suck a butt over there? Get it, your back straight before you bring them to this table. I mean, October was a long time ago. Oh, yeah. So was August. See, I can that play that long, too. <laughs> that was a longer time ago. All right, so the game on Sunday morning, Sunday, 12 o'clock, when you should be at church, you'll be watching the Chargers, the Patriots. The Patriots are four-point favorites right now. And so last week with the Chargers, that game went kind of like how it's, we said it needed to go for the Chargers to beat the Ravens. They needed to win the turnover differential. They couldn't uh, give up interior runs. And mainly it was just winning the turnover differential because, like, Rivers threw one deep pass. He threw that pass to Mike Williams. That put them at, like, the seven-yard line. They got to the one-yard line, eventually scored. And that was, like, a really weird goal line stand, too. And the Ravens' defense was suffocating. I think one of the other keys was what you were talking about last week was that playing Lamar Jackson twice in a row uh, would really help a defense because it's not a surprise watching the offense and watching the play. I think that had a, a big thing to do with the, the Chargers win last week as well, too. And so this week, like, this is the time it has to happen. I, I think the Chargers That's are... That's what I'm saying, man. It's, this just, it's has, setting this it up for it. It's setting it up for Phil. This is Phil's season right here. Yeah. It has to be. This is his career right here. I agree with you. Because, by the way, I, what I've been hearing, too, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I've misinterpreted his career. Why are people questioning should he be in the Hall of Fame or not? Oh, 100% what? Okay, like that's what I was saying, but why are people saying, oh, Philip Rivers, he barely should be in, if at all? What, Who said this? Oh, man, I've been, I've been listening to a lot of ESPN nonsense, I guess. Maybe some Fox Sports in there? Some, I don't know. It could be the Spanish channel. What is it, Mundos? I feel is Mundos like, I feel still like, out there? But I feel like they love Philip, you know? I, I don't think they love No, nobody loves Philip. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Going up against Tom Brady, the golden boy? Well, nobody so, loves Phil compared to Tom Brady, which, by the way, their record, I do. Their record against each other. Can you believe that? Yeah. 7 and 0. And then Owens in the postseason, like you mentioned. That also, the last time they played each other postseason was 2008. It was 2007, I thought. Well, it was the 2007 season, but the was, game was yeah. in 2008. And that gotcha. was the year the Patriots went 16 and 0, 18 and 0, lost in the Super Bowl. And like the Chargers' defense actually played them pretty well. They only gave up 22 points that game. By the way, if you do look on paper when it comes to these two teams, the Chargers really are They're the like, better team. Like, it's kind of insane. They're the better like, team. I, this is Matt, Matt, Phillip Rivers. He needs to win this game. I believe in the Chargers being able to pull this out, which then they would be going into the AFC Championship against the Indianapolis Colts. Wouldn't they have home field advantage in that game, too? Yeah, but that'd be a bad thing for them. Because oh, that's the Col- true. Because the they're are, eight and one in the road when it comes to the Chargers, and they're they're uh, eight and zero oh when not playing in California. Oh my God, that's insane! Talk about a worse home field. Can can the Chargers just come to San Antonio, Texas? That's all I want. Or them just to do. let them play the AFC title game in San Diego. Like the stadium's still there. Like they could just <laughs> go down there so and play it instead. Like how quickly would that game sell out? In San oh, Diego? immediately. They like, would all be so happy. It'd be nuts. It's so dumb. All right. So let's go back to last week, though, when it comes to the San Diego Chargers. Sorry, L.A. Chargers. But the San Diego. Yeah, San Diego. Rivers just played the solid game. He didn't do anything spectacular, in my opinion. He didn't do anything wrong. He just went out there. He played conservative. It was, I'm going to play it safe, not try to turn the ball over. 
and Lamar Jackson. Sure, you played him twice, but the guy still brought the team back. I mean, he still really did bring Baltimore Ravens, which I didn't think he was going to be able to. I was kind of laughing whenever he was just not performing well. And again, I was laughing because of Joe Flacco on the sideline, and I really did think they would put him in. It was like it was like bring your kid to school day. You're a firefighter, <laughs> really and you let him like slide down the pole. And you're so excited, you just slide down the pole. But they wouldn't let him do it. I just Lamar Jackson seemed like he had the jitters. I feel like if he would have played the way he did in the second half the entire time, then he would have been just fine. But he had the what was it? He had two fumbles, two fumbles in the first half. I know yeah, that one well, of them lost were, one of them. Yeah, and like one of them was a snap where just Gus really Edwards, went through his and hands. And then Gus Edwards was stripped by Melvin Gordon, and that was the one they recovered. So Jackson was fumbled twice, didn't lose either of them, but then Gus Edwards fumbled and lost that one. Yeah, but that snap over his head, he lost like 15 uh, yards. Yeah, he lost 15 yards or so. Yeah. Well, and the weird thing about that game, too, you know, extrapolating last week's game into this week's game, is that the Ravens' offense worked when they threw the ball downfield. And so, like, in a way, Joe Flacco would have been the better quarterback to play against Los Angeles because the Chargers are 31st in pass defense DVO against deep passes. On deep passes, they give up 4.75 yards a play, which is the second most, and they've given up 1,224 yards in those plays. You know, they've only only had 83 deep passes against them, which is around the middle of the league, but that's where they're susceptible. Their safeties are, like, they're good at covering tight ends. They're good at playing shallow zones. They're good at making plays. But they play a lot of cover through on the outside, and they kind of turn and run, that sort of thing. But, like, you can throw the seams to them. And Brady knows how to play this defense. This, If Gronkowski was healthy, this would be the game for him to be great. But he's uh, not. That's the whole thing that I was going to ask you because you're even saying, like, throw the ball downfield. Do you think Tom Brady can even that, throw the ball well, that, downfield? That's the thing is that Brady hasn't been very good doing that this year. And especially when it comes to this year, what is his weapon downfield? Who is he going to throw it to downfield, may I ask? Uh, Gronk, by the way, should retire. Gronk Chris, looks Chris gross. Hogan. Gronk is breaking on the field. Yeah, he looks like he has a refrigerator tied to his back. He looks worse than Tyrod Smith. Tyrod Smith looks like the bionicle man out there. Gronk looks like he's falling apart. You mean, like, you mean Tyron Smith? I think it's actually no, Tyrod. No, you're Cowboys. Say, wait, wait, is it Tyrod? It's Tyron. Is it Tyron? Tyron? Yeah, Tyron, Tyron. Smith. You know what? Listen. He's I only can, a Hall of Fame left tackle. Oh, God. Here it comes. <laughs> wait, wait. Aren't you the guy? Wait, what do you call your quarterback? Deshaun Hopkins. Yeah. you. you call him the oh, no, no. Watkins. You say Watkins. Deshaun Hopkins. You say Deshaun Watkins, you damn liar. Uh, I hate Adam Archuleta. I'm going to hit him if I see him in person. By the way, I just don't see it when it comes to New England. Unless they have the running game with Michelle, I just I'm not <laughs> I'm not feeling it. And with Gronk just being a shell of himself, Edelman is Edelman even healthy? Didn't he kind of injured his leg last game, knee something? He has a beard though. He's gritty enough to. I play don't know tonight. what that means. Either way, there's not really a a deep threat on this team. Brady's going to have to be perfect, and I just don't see it, especially when it comes to New England's defense. They just don't have it. Well, yeah, and also, so like they play that cover three, but I think what they're going to do is they have Darren James just cover Gronk one versus one, play cover three in the back end, and then you know rush five or so uh, and try to get pass rush like that. And but that's that's kind of the two Bose keys. Bose is going to kill Brady. His hands are so good. He's going to kill. And then Ingram had an awesome game. That's that spin movie he had last week was awesome. He forced that fumble. He was the best player on the field last week too. And so, I mean, New England's way to move the ball is to throw the ball deep. How Brady's going to do that, I don't know. He hasn't done very well this year. Uh, and if it was to happen, this is the week it needs to happen. And also, the Chargers aren't that good at stopping the inside run. And the Patriots have a really, I guess, underrated interior run game. They run power really well. They run inside zone really well. Uh, both Joe Thune and, and Shaq Mason are really good pullers. Mason especially. And so, like, 
And the Patriots win this game. It's going to be like a low scoring, you know, they just kind of barely got out of there alive. Uh, the Chargers is something 23-17. Yeah, something dumb like that. But, I mean, overall, this is the Chargers are the better team. This is the worst Patriots team since 2007. This is the beginning of the end of Tom Brady. Like, I know people have said that four years ago when the Patriots were like 3-3, three and three, when they lost the Chiefs that night. But, like, there is still arm strength there. There is still ability. Brady's afraid to get hit. He goes down every time he buys clothes. Um, they're missing passes just because of pure miscommunication. He's not throwing the ball downfield like you mentioned. His arm, his arm is just not as good as it used to be, too. And so he's only going to win by just being smarter, you know, like knowing who's open immediately as soon as he walks up. And uh, he can do that and all that, but the Chargers are the more talented team. You know what we're doing right now, though? We are doubting Tom. That's exactly what we're doing. I wouldn't say doubting him. We're it's doubting more, Tom. This is, this, he's in, a, he's in a, a disadvantage for the first time. And also, I'm really glad the Chargers are playing the Patriots this week. Because every single year, the Patriots play like the Tennessee Titans last year in the I divisional agree. round. I agree. It's the first it's time the first where it's like they have game somebody. Forever. Yes. I guess they beat the Ravens that year. They beat the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. That was in the divisional round. That was a tough game. But overall, tough. like usually, the divisional round game, they just walk through. And they just walk into the AFC and then it, game. Exactly. Then it goes to the AFC Championship game. And then typically, it's whoever's left over there. And that team is usually afraid playing in Foxborough. I don't think the Chargers fear anything because Philip Rivers fears nothing. <laughs> he is going to go. He doesn't even fear God. It, uh, duh. He's well, friends with God. Are, are you kidding me? He's having children in God's name. So he only has about three more to go, and then he has a full 12-man lineup. So I know previous, you know, we talked about this before, but previous versions of the Chargers, it's like, oh, they keep blowing all these games. They they're suck at the end of the games. They find some stupid way to blow Not it. Not anymore. All right, this year, are you ready for some good numbers? Give me the numbers. All right, late and close situations, the Los Angeles Chargers, the San Diego Chargers, their offensive DVOA, 19, 19.8%, which is fourth. Their defense DVOA, a negative 26.9%, which is third. And also on the road, they are eight, again, they're 8-1 and this year. And also they're 6-1 and in one-score games. Their field goal kicker, Michael Badgley, 15 for 16, He's missed one field goal of his greater than 50 yards. He has a long of 59. They hit right before the half as well, too. Uh, this is a, the first Chargers team, I think, in our entire lives that can win close games. And I think like, this is going to be a closer kind of weird game because it's in Fox Bros, New England. But this is like finally the time the Chargers actually do it. I think maybe the key is also... I, okay, my dream is honestly kind of a shootout here between Phillip Rivers and Tom Brady. But I also feel like Melvin Gordon and Michelle are going to be the primary factors when it comes to the ball control. That's what I feel like when it comes to all these playoff games. I feel like that it's each of these teams are going up against one team that is more complete than the other. Even when it comes to the Dallas and Rams game, I feel like Dallas is more complete than the Rams. And that's just because the Rams, I'm not confident in that defense whatsoever. For God's sakes, they spent so much money and it's just not all there. Same thing when it comes to the Chargers versus the Pats. I feel like the Chargers are the more complete team than the New England Patriots. Yeah, they are. And the only reason why the Patriots would actually win this game is if Tom turns into Tom. And this year we just haven't seen it. But my question to you is if we don't see it and New England does in fact end up losing this game, is that the end of Belichick and Brady? No. You don't just, think so? No. You don't think like maybe like that's it? Like maybe one of them's gone? No, not at all. They're oh. just going to do it again next Come year. Come on, man. At least get some drama in your life. One of them needs to go. This is, this is the team that never has any drama that's not going to happen. Oh, dude. There's going to be so much drama. Well, Considering that they gave away all of his weapons. And by the way, talk about Brady fighting for Gronk to stay. 
Gronk should just leave. Yeah, Gronk should, should do everybody retire. a favor and just walk away. He should retire and just like go on the Jersey Shore. Is what he should do. Oh God, would you watch that? I don't. I don't think so. Who's a bigger douche, the situation or Gronk? The situation. Whoa, really? Yeah, like Gronk's like. I mean, he's just a bro. He just like lifts weights and plays football. You know. All right, who's more likable, Polly D or Gronk? Uh, I would say Gronk still. I like Gronk. Over Polly D? Yeah, I like Dude, Gronk. you're out of your mind. Polly D is a DJ. He's only 41 years old and still picking up <laughs> 18 year old chicks. Yeah, he's in Vegas probably right now doing exactly that. Hey, man, we're going back to Vegas in February. I can't hey, wait. Take me back to St. Louis. Oh, dude. Take me back to New Orleans, you know? I don't want to go there. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, this is just like the Chargers are the better team. They, New England's also super mediocre on defense. Their pass rush is pretty good. Their secondary is pretty good. They tackle pretty well. They stop the run pretty well. Uh, Deontay Hightower is you know healthy, but he's kind of slow. You know Kyle Van Noy is okay. They just don't Patrick have, like, Chung is the greatest. Yeah, like Stephen Gilmore is their best cornerback. Even he's susceptible to getting beat deep. And we are also talking right now. We even mentioned that Keenan Allen's spectacular. Mike Williams is spectacular. Uh, Antonio Gates is. You know, he's, he's a activated. dope boy. He works out pretty well. You have, they still have Gordon. They still have Eckler. This is a really good offense, too, at the same time. And so I think the difference between these two teams is that one, I mean, I guess biggest thing is that the Chargers have much better defense, and that's the difference between the two. And then all that kind of extra stuff, this has been the only char- good win close games Chargers team, I think, in, in the entire history of the franchise. And I think this is the year it finally happened. So I'm going with the Chargers winning uh, 26, the Patriots only scoring 20 points. Actually, I very much have similar to you. I have Chargers 24, and I have the Patriots 17. Yeah, I would like to go back and look at these numbers and see the average point totals in playoff games. Because like, talking to you, and I, it seems like every game is just like 2016, 21, 17. Who are you talking to me? Yeah. What are you talking about? I picked Dallas 31, 28, baby. Yeah, Don't you dare? Score. Yeah. I picked some points over here. You're the one who just wants to copy my scores. By the way, thanks for hopping on my Charger bandwagon. I didn't say that there was enough room for you. Yeah, there's always enough room for there's me. There's not enough room for you. I'm, I'm kicking you out. I wear size 34. There's always enough room you for you. You can me. sit in limbo. You can stand between the New England and the Chargers. I can fit. Either way, no fan base wants you on their side. That's Just remember, I started the bandwagon. You know, I'm a football fan, not a team fan. All right, so we're going to take a quick break and we come right back. Uh, we'll talk about Eagles. Jesus Christ Saints. himself. Hey, don't say it. Don't, take that. don't say his name like that. I was talking about Eagles, Saints in just one second. And we're back. And so the last game we're going to talk about tonight are the Eagles going to New Orleans. The Saints are eight-point favorites. And so this entire, this is a no-facts segment of the show because you don't need facts, you don't need rationality, you don't need objective truths when you have faith. Because last week, Nick Foles went to Chicago, the Bears dropped interceptions, they refused to pick up what would have put them at the seven-yard line. They gave up a two-yard touchdown on fourth and one. To uh to Golden Tate who had not fourth made and two. a fourth and two. I, I can't remember. It was I the greatest thing ever. Gave a fourth and two touchdown to Golden Tate. They even had a big treat Cohen run back to get the ball in field to get the ball close up to field goal position. Trubisky made you know two pretty good throws to get him there. And the kicker who had hit the upright probably I think eight times this season hits the upright. It double doinks. The Bears lose. The Eagles win. And uh, I was converted. I was I went in the backyard. I poured uh, water on myself. I I was baptized that day, and uh, 
since I've let the light flow into me, my life has been so much better because I believe now after Nick Foles doing what he did last week, and it really is the most absurd thing I've ever seen ever anywhere. I've never laughed so hard in my entire life to where <laughs> I have never just felt so happy for the Philadelphia Eagles to have Nick Foles on their team because now, just like what I asked you last week, Matt, even though it's just one playoff game, what do you do with them? I mean, yeah, yeah, I still think they're going to keep Wentz, you know, just what because Wentz is younger and cheaper at the moment. What is this market going to do for Nick Foles? What is he going to get paid? What are teams going to offer him? He is going to get it. By the way, I can't remember. I was watching Fox Sports. I'm sorry to bring up another network again. We should only talk about our network here. Yeah. But either way, I'm going to bring it up. Why are you bringing the competitors? I'm going to bring it up because a reporter on there, I don't even know who his name was. He talks about Nick Foles is just a different guy. He... He watches games. He's he's not that intense of film. And when he goes home, he writes in a journal about being a better father. That's just who he is. I was like, what is this? What am I listening to? I'm about to buy his book and completely change my life for the better. You know you want to buy that. Like yeah, he I'm, is going I, to have a book if deal. He, if he went no, he already has a book. He wrote Wait, a book when? La- Yeah, last year he had a book come out. I thought that was just Doug Peterson that wrote the book. No, he had a book. Doug Peterson had a book. Case Keenum had a book. Everybody <laughs> had a book. Case Keenum last had year. a book. Like the Minnesota Miracle Man. By the way, we should start our own book club and have all these books read. Oh, <laughs> that sounds terrible. Wait, I'm surprised that. you don't have the Case Keenum book because he's your wet dream. No, I mean, he's one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch. because Again, it's about aesthetics. It's about enjoyment. There's a difference oh, between what you enjoy doing and what you think is you know a better way to do things. Or being best is, being, is different than being the funnest, you know? Whatever. I'm going to go back to the Chicago game because do you feel better about Chicago and Parkey when he missed that field goal because it was now considered a tip? Does that make it better? No, it doesn't make it better. And by the way, do you even blame Parkey for it or do you blame the Chicago offense not being able to score touchdowns versus field goals because you blame Parkey and yet he had the most points on your offense? That's wonderful. Kickers usually have the most points on your offense. That's not how it's supposed to be. Over the course of an entire year, yeah. Okay, in a playoff game, if your kicker has more points than your offense and he is your MVP, most likely you're going to lose that football game. I mean, game. Like his job... Like, Matt, it, are it you going to lose that football game? I would I would feel diff- I would feel like I would understand what you're saying, but it was still a makeable kick. Like, we're not I talking, get it, but it should have been in that this scenario. This was a 54-yard field goal. Also, this fourth is a and two against goal. the number one defense. Shouldn't the number one defense stop a fourth and two? You would assume so. All I'm saying is Parky got the whole flack, man. The, I felt so bad watching him run off the field as the crowd booed him. <laughs> I just like they him. booed him so yeah. hard that I felt it through the TV. Yeah, it, it was very sad. But like, he needs to make that kick. He should have made it. Hey, but it and was I, tipped. It was other, tipped. I, but, I mean, so you're not even going to give it that. You no, don't even care that it was tipped it. nor that there was... If any guy kicked a football and somebody tipped it, odds are it's not going to it, be made. Okay, that was like whenever you play basketball and you block a shot and you get a piece of it and they still make it. You know, like okay, that's a great that analogy because that's the same. And yes, they do consider that a block I because mean, if that did, it, like, it, it grazed the finger. That wasn't even really a block; it just grazed the finger. If that misses, then it's still considered a block when it comes to the NBA. Same thing with the NFL; it's the exact same thing. Yeah, but I'm saying it didn't make that. Like he should kicked it right down the middle and just rocked it. He didn't rock it. He, he did it scared. on the first kick. He was just got ice. Lo- and I also love that icing works. <laughs> <laughs> I've never like it doesn't work at all. Matt, There's you no didn't statistical see? truth to say. 
says that works, and it worked. The entire crowd was popping Pepsi's in the in the stands. That's that what I, a thing? That's what it. That's what it was. It was icing. That's I'm what glad. it's considered. I'm glad that capitalism has robbed your brain to to make you bring that up. <laughs> that's what happens, man. Go Pepsi. Yeah. Hey, this is a this is a sparkling water household. Sparkling water. A soda water household. Oh God, you can't even afford soda. That's the problem. No, I just don't drink it. It's bad for my health. All right, so let's go back to this game. When it comes to the New Orleans Saints versus the Philadelphia Eagles, going into this, you would think that earlier in the season with the Saints kind of destroying Philly the way that they did, you kind of don't feel the same way because it's Nick Foles now playing instead of Carson Wentz. That has to say something. That's why I just can't say enough about this game without smiling. It's just the funniest thing for me to have to watch. The Philadelphia Eagles go, yeah, yeah, we won the game. Bowles is the greatest. Yeah, Wentz is good. We love Wentz. Yeah. Well, I think what, what's more surprising to me than even the Foles thing, uh, like affecting my kind of the way I feel about this game, is the Eagles' secondary. Their secondary was terrible all year long. They believe again. It was bad towards the end of the year. And then you know, Maddox was, has been their best cornerback. But like the game he had last week was absurd. Russell Douglas is playing well now. Uh, I can't remember their, their their free safety's name, but he had a really good game. And, I, I mean, it's, it's, I've never seen a secondary be as bad as they are, completely transform as quickly as they have. And I know it's a lot, it's mostly younger players and that sort of thing, but what they've done on the back end and, like, how much better they're playing has been the, the kind of the biggest thing for this because of how good that uh, Saints pass offense is and how good their receivers are and how good Breeze is as well, too. And because the, the Saints also have a really good pass-blocking offensive line, and although the Eagles, you know, defense is built around their front four and their ability to get pressure, I think they're going to be able to get a lot of pressure. They're going to have to cover, and they've showed, you know, recently that they have been able to cover on the back end like that. When it comes to this game, I'm kind of – there's just no predicting it. Kind of even when it's Chicago last week, nobody in their right mind would have ever predicted the Philadelphia Eagles. Same thing with what you're saying. The Philadelphia Eagles have had that front seven – just kind of been dominant because Schwartz, all he loves to do is blitz. No, like, he only he only rushes four. He doesn't blitz. Are you kidding me? On third downs, that's he, all he does. He, he brings the like, house every third down. He blitz every once in a while. He primarily Dude, rushes four. Are we watching the same games yeah, here? I don't think we're watching the same, games. The same games. He blitzes every once in a while on third down, but they're they're a front four rushing team. You, you know, that's all I do is just bring four. You know what? We're gonna rewatch every okay. third down. All, all games. Third down. Here. I want you know what? Another poll. All right, audience out there. Count how many times Schwartz runs. You know what? They're going to do it. Blitz. Drew Brees, how many times on third down does that defense blitz Drew Brees? Which, do you even think that the Saints are going to even struggle against this defense? Because speaking about the Eagles' secondary, do you think that's going to even make Drew Brees struggle at all? Do you think they're going to try to get Michael Thomas out of the game? where then Drew Brees has to focus on the other guys. How do you think Philly's going to play this? I mean, but even then, like, they have they have other receivers, and Brees is so good that even if you take away Michael Thomas, they're still usually okay. They haven't been, though. Not the past games, not after what Dallas did to them. They have not looked the same <laughs> at all, baby. And again, again, like, it's a long season when you're up by oh, that many God. games. Like, you take so much in, into account, like, the previous two weeks instead of, you know, all 16 weeks. What you, and what, so, what is this? I mean, you said the same thing with the Rams. You said the same thing with the Chiefs as well, too. When it comes to the Chiefs and the Rams, hold on. They okay. So all these teams, to your point, have struggled. They were all the hot streak. Every single person and their mother chose all of them to just blow by the playoffs and easily win 
and go to the Super Bowl. Now these are struggling, and you're telling me, oh, Taylor, I'm saying that you're taking too much into account of that. Like oh the same, like this is still Drew Brees. They still pass the ball really well. They still have two really great running this backs. This is they Nick still have a dynamic Foles match. Offense. What are you talking, talking about? about oh that my! We are talking. Everything changes when you go up against Nick Foles. So the secondary changes too. Everything. Changes. Everything has everything not changed since Nick Foles has played, Matt. You answer that question I mean, I for me. I said the secondary has played a lot better. But I guess since when Nick Foles? Maybe the light that he since brings. Since when, everything. Matt? Like the last three weeks. Who has started the last three weeks? Well, I guess even well, it was even after that because they were terrible against Houston. Houston threw the ball really well against them too in that game. Uh, and well, and I think the one problem for for New Orleans is that they their secondary still isn't very good. They have a great run defense, but the Eagles' run offense isn't that good. They don't have like a really good running back at all. And you know, Foles has been able to throw the ball downfield, and also Foles' best quality has been that defensive backs don't like intercepting his passes. The ball just is in the chest, and uh, oh, all of a sudden uh, they get they hear something in their ear, they drop, and things like that. And so I do think this is going to be kind of a a quarterback versus quarterback bat- matchup in a way, because I think you know the Saints will probably run the ball better than the Eagles, but overall it's going to be which team throws the ball best in this one. Let me jump ship here. Do you think Lattimore is a little overrated? I mean, he hasn't been as good as he was last year. Isn't that weird though? That shouldn't have ever happened when it comes to regressing. I. It's not to say like I'm trying to hate on the guy by any means here. It's just I was not expecting that. I mean, how like Ramsey is as good this year as he was last year, and they were like probably the two best cornerbacks in football. Yeah, you know? but they blame a lot of that on Blake Bortles because no matter what they do, Blake Bortles just turn the ball over and they're automatically going yeah. up against the red zone. You don't really have that excuse when you're Lattimore. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, he just hasn't been as good, and like their their entire sec- their secondary has been better. Their pass defense has gotten better as the years gone on. They still have like I mean Cameron Jordan still yeah, a freak. is the greatest thing on planet Earth. Well, and to also watch. it's not even Jordan; it's Rankin as well. Uh, he's had a really good year on the interior. Alex Okafor can make some plays on the outside as a situational rusher. Uh, Davenport's a pretty good interior rusher too. So it's more than Jordan; like, they've been able to get a pretty good pass rush all year. But again, it's just issues that they've had in coverage, and they're going against Jeff. And Jeffrey's been so good lately. Ertz had a really great game. Golden Tate call a touchdown. It's weird. You're like, naming all these guys having such good games. Now, Matt, what is the difference in all of this? Why weren't these guys good <laughs> earlier? Matt, uh, why don't you tell me why? Uh, Nick Foles is the quarterback. <laughs> there it is. And, so, and you say it's not a big deal. It's I a mean, big I'm not, <laughs> freaking deal, man. If Nick Foles is the reason why the secondary has gone from one of the worst in football to the best, then... Did you not hear what the defense did? You know, they made a shrine in Nick Foles' <laughs> locker, and they literally bowed to it. Fletcher Cox made that, a shrine. Their defensive line's always been good, though. This the, isn't... The, the defensive line's gone better. It's Matt, always been great. Matthew, the secondary's se- completely different, The though. defense is the one that made the shrine, though. They yeah, the, the defensive line. You're they saying, believe though. in him. How much do you like the ski mask? I think, I think it's like the coolest thing ever. My way, don't you love though that Kevin? He texted us just saying that after Philly won, that he hears everybody screaming outside yeah. of their apartment like they just won another Super Bowl. You can only imagine the dog mask. It's like they have to close the no, streets this is again. Even, well, they, they got rid of the dog mask. You can't do the same thing again. They're doing the ski mask this year. And the ski mask is so much cooler. What? No the way. The dog mask is cool, but like the ski mask is cooler. I would love the oh, the ski mask is just too scary for me. Now it's, we're getting into the stranger. Chris Long on the sideline of the ski mask oh is like God. it's iconic. It's it rules, man. <laughs> and that and that's kind of that's one of the things about the Texans too. Like there's nothing cool that they've ever done. Like they're a very lame franchise. Like Mario Lopez does the field the the uh, coin flip before the game starts. Clay Walker does the halftime show. 
And then you have the Philadelphia Eagles. You're like, yeah, that's what uh, loving a football team's about. Like, do you know, just like so much of the extra part of it and the aesthetics and uh, you know, sort of like kind of brand. I don't know. I don't know the exact word of it, but the collection of characters that they have and how they express themselves. All right, so then let's jump back into this. If Nick Foles beats the Saints, what do you do with Nick Foles? I don't know. What do you do? I don't know what you do at all. I, I can barely even function. Like, I don't even know what I'm going to do. It's hard enough for me to be able to make it around and, and carry these bones I'm in with Nick Foles doing what he's doing all over again. I still think it's awesome. I think it's the greatest thing in sports if he can somehow do this again, only because he would be a guy where, how do you judge him? What do you judge his career? That's like last year's Super Bowl run? You like, judging like Joe Flacco as of right now? That's what you do? Yeah. Now is he better than Joe Flacco? Uh, uh, I wouldn't go that far just yet. Really? Yeah. I mean, think about it, though. Joe Flacco, I mean, when he, it comes to the regular season ever since that Super Bowl, what has he done? Well, yeah, I mean, he had, but he had, like, better years before that year. And he had that one, he had that one pretty good year when Gary Kubiak was his offense coordinator, too. But like he had better seasons before that game as well, or before that playoff run, like in the regular season. But Foles did have it that year with Chip Kelly where he threw 27 touchdowns to two interceptions, which is insane. There it is, man. Yeah. That's I don't you, know. That's all you need I to think know. He, I think he got hot. Uh, I don't, this is just such a weird thing. So who, what, what pick? Who do you have winning this one? All right. So you know what? I'm just going to hopefully that this is just me being wrong. Obviously, I'm going to pick the Saints here. I have the Saints kind of beating them. Actually, I have this pretty good here. I got the Saints 35. I have the Eagles 28. What I hope is that it's the Eagles 31 and the Saints 30. Yeah, and then the Eagles go to Dallas when the what? NFC title game. Who wants game. that? Yeah. Who wants that? Not yeah, me. A lot, lot of fun. Uh, I have the Saints winning 27-26. I think Breeze just like... I think Breeze wins this game. Good Lord, you're I making think, it close, though. Yeah. You don't even you think it's going to be a one-point game right off the bat. You're not even hoping for that. You think it's going to happen that way. Yeah, I just think, I don't know. I think I, it's just between these two quarterbacks. I think Breeze is better. We're not even speaking about Kamara, by the way, and Ingram. Do you think they're a factor when it comes to controlling the ball in this game? Yeah, of course. Even though Philly, because Philly doesn't run the ball, even though they have kind of just their set of backs. Sproles, he may have a revenge game going on against the oh, Saints yeah. in this. And also a revenge game earlier because the Eagles lost to the Saints by 40. Yeah, and they'll be, dude, <laughs> this is playing into their hands. Yeah, like everything aside from the football stuff, it's all Philly. <laughs> but the football stuff is all New Orleans. So, Whenever you get down to the stats, it's New Orleans. Whenever you get down to and the like believing, wa- and like watching it's the games and all that too. But then like everything else that the being alive is a very strange and silly thing and it's very weird. It's all Philadelphia at that point. I truly hope that all these teams, New Orleans, the Chiefs, and the Rams lose just so I can laugh because you just saying, oh, yeah, you're just saying that because it's the end of the season and how they just didn't have in very well. I mean, I, I do yeah. think – so, like, we're picking these games individually, but I would – I do think either the Rams or Chiefs are going to lose one of those two games. Like, on an individual game-by-game game basis, I'm going to pick both those teams. Oh, uh, sadly Because enough. I think both those games are close. Like they're not like they're, give them each more team can sure. win in the other way. I'd give more the for sure to Indy winning actually than I would to the Cowboys winning. 
Only because I don't believe in that. That's how much I well, don't believe in the Chiefs. Well, the Colts are a better team than Dallas right now. Okay. Why don't you bite your... Okay. All right. I'm not listening to all this. I'm not listening to all this. I'm not listening to all this. Better You're coaching. D- you know what, Matt? How are the Texans doing? Are they doing all I'm right? I'm not talking about the you Texans. Know what? I'm talking about the Why Texans Why are you trying to make now? me cry? You know what? I want to make you... You know don't what? even care. Here, here's the thing. I, I This is what's nice about right now is I have to think about the Texans for like another four weeks. You're it's wearing great. a Texans jacket right now as you say this. Yeah, because this house gets cold. Okay. No, my clothes are dirty. <laughs> I don't want to think about them. I just and like I, to wear them. And I'm living like an artist right now. So, anyways, to recap, I have the Chiefs. You have the Colts. Uh, I have the Rams. You have the Cowboys. <laughs> we both have the Chargers. We both have New Orleans, except I guess we both have Philadelphia with the spread, though, because the spread's eight points. So, uh, the, one, the one game of contention we have here is going to be the, the Colts. And, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, the Colts-Chiefs, that's the one game of contention we have. Because I have Dallas with the points in that one. Oh, God, you and the points. Don't yeah. pick my team. I don't want you to pick my team at all. That's the point. So you just jinx them. Good. Glad. I'm great. <laughs> get them out of here. <laughs> Woo! Get those Cowboys no, out of here. Doesn't, doesn't Texas teams want to root for Texas teams? I, I, I asked a question on the website today. I said, who are you reading for? And everybody's like, none of them. Meteor. Apocalypse, asteroid, it better not be Dallas. <laughs> oh, God. Why does everybody hate Dallas? I don't know. Uh, everybody hates Chris, too. I don't get it. So, anyways, wow. that's all we're going to do for the show tonight. Uh, thank you for being on tonight, Taylor. I'm, I'm so excited for this weekend. I'm so excited to watch the Cowboys lose on Saturday night with you. It's going to be a great time. Uh, but thank you for listening to everybody who listened, took the time out of your day to, to follow along. And we'll be back on uh, next Tuesday. Until then, my name is Matt Weston. Thank you for listening to Red Radio. And thank you for being on tonight, Taylor. I hit you. I thought that was pretty good. Hello, you are listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play. Brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories, like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0, or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening.